The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Irish women are in the top 10 groups most at risk of skin cancer. That's according to the World Cancer Research Fund. Now, in Ireland, over 1,200 people are diagnosed with a melanoma every year. And I'm joined by Professor Nikki Ralph, a consultant dermatologist from the Institute of Dermatologists. Uh, Thank you very much, uh, Nikki, for joining us. Um, This is bad news for Irish women. Yeah, well, I mean, men and women, um, but yeah, skin cancer is the commonest cancer in Ireland. Um, but thankfully, if we catch it very, very early, the majority are curable. So that's the most important thing. So it's really just about educating people how to look at their skin, check their skin regularly to know what they're looking out for, but to try and encourage people to wear sunscreen. So we're terrible in Ireland. The only people last week in the clinic who were sunburnt had been to Wexford and Waterford over the nice weekend and came in on Monday and Tuesday with red shoulders, red legs, whereas Anyone who'd come back from Spain or Portugal had no sunburn because they're putting their sunscreen on regularly. And we do that every year. We go on the two week sun holiday, uh, we protect ourselves and then we we don't do it all year round otherwise. How much sun does it take uh, to provoke a melanoma? So I suppose you can't kind of quantify it in the amount of how many sunburns could it you know, take. But like yeah. so if someone gets a really bad burn in childhood, for example, yeah, well that, could that lead ultimately to yeah, a skin absolutely. cancer? Absolutely. So most of your sun damage is done before the age of 20. So in your childhood and in your teens. Now, thankfully, we do have better sunscreens and people are more aware that we now have rash vests which cover children when they're in the pool, when they're outdoors for a long time. So kids are more protected than ever. But my generation, your generation, absolutely, we've all had sunburn and anyone who says they've never been sunburnt is completely mistaken, probably all lying to ourselves. We've all had it. That that term after the weekend, you you have a great colour. Yeah, I know. Well, (laughs) you know, you can't say everyone when you're young looks better with a bit of a glow. There's no point in denying that you have that golden colour. But the problem is that any sort of a tan is damaged. It's basically damage to your DNA and that cumulative effect over time puts you at increased risk of skin cancer. So um, the the fake tan revolution, yeah. is, that, is that a good thing? It's a fantastic thing. There's nothing as good as a fake tan in my mind. And they have, as you can see, over time improved. Now, back yeah. in the day, they certainly were awful, but they, they don't smell as bad. They used to smell horrendous. The average wedding, if you went to, would just have this vague kind of hum <laughs> of the fake tan smell. Um, they're definitely better. Um, and and there's, there's nothing wrong with using them regularly. And it's rare that anyone would have a problem with using a fake tan unless you're very, very sensitive. Is there a danger, though, that someone uh, puts on the fake tan and then goes out in the sun um, because they, they feel in some way impervious because they're now yeah, absolutely. mid-brown. Yeah, people used to think that the fake tan had some sort of sun protection and in it them. it doesn't? For, no, for the most part, no. Um, so you do need to put your sunscreen on. And it's not just applying it once because there's a lot of false advertising around sunscreens where it says once daily on the bottle. Um, that is total rubbish. It has to be reapplied every two hours to be the factor that it says on the bottle. N- now, uh, what about those? Uh, they're not like creams or oils that people put on, the, the P50s and that kind of technology. What, how does does that work? No, it's it's just not you, not nothing that says once daily because that's what people get this false sense of security. I I went that morning, I covered myself in P20 or P50, and I don't need to reapply it for the rest of the day. Those people who use that, if they have a slightly darker skin type, they will tan through that, which is still damage. And for those who are fairer, like the average Irish person, they can still get burnt. So it's it's not good enough. Yeah. Now, when you say that a tan is is damage, I mean everyone in continental Europe who's sallow skin. Mm-hmm gets tanned every year and they often live because they're on the Mediterranean diet as well until a great age. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously there's a lot of luck that goes into things No, but I mean, what is damage and what is just nature protecting itself by increasing the pigmentation? 
all of it is damaged essentially so basically it's your pigment cells lining up under the the top layer of the skin and, and the more tanned you are the more damaged you are so ultimately the more your DNA has been damaged over time but yes you could live to 90 or 100 tanned all of the time and be lucky enough not to get a skin cancer but in Ireland as you said already there's about 1200 people who get a melanoma but we mustn't forget we're kind of obsessed with talking about moles and melanoma it's the other skin cancers that are more common so we've about 13 and a half thousand cases of non-melanoma skin cancer yeah. uh, particularly you know the head and neck of yeah. men how, how many of those are uh, problematic in terms of treatment I mean if you get a, a basal cell carcinoma mm-hmm. it can be taken out relatively painlessly with liquid nitrogen or whatever uh, for superficial basal yeah. cells we can freeze them for the rest if they're a bump we would remove them but normally for the most part you know 15-20 minutes on the table tiny bit of local anaesthetic chatting away while we do it and it's gone yeah. uh, with the scar of course but our, our aim as dermatologists is to try and prevent people requiring more and more surgeries and to try and catch them early so we can use a cream called Effudex or 5-fluorouracil for those that are superficial or the pre-cancer stage. And often people will come saying, you know, I have dry skin on my face. It just won't go. I'm moisturising. I'm putting on sunscreen, but I just have a dry forehead, dry down the side of my cheeks. And they're pre-skin cancer. So they're called actinic keratosis. So basically scaly pink patches on the face. Now, people listening will say, well, I've reached a certain age. The damage is done. <laughs> Too late to help myself. It's never too late to start. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean. If, if, I, if I got to 90, I probably wouldn't be as worried. But I mean, if I'm still in my 50s, 60s, 70s, I still want to protect myself. And the other thing for younger people is it's not only about skin cancer, it's about the wrinkles. And we're now of that generation with social media. Uh, you know, everyone has to have the perfect Instagram post and 80 to 90 percent of your wrinkles are from sun. So if you were born with your perfect skin as a baby and you never saw sunlight, you would have be much younger than the, the person beside you who's had yeah. regular sun exposure. And, and people try to reverse that with Botox. Yeah, Botox is great for working on the deep lines and wrinkles but it doesn't do much for the fine lines and wrinkles and your skin texture um, whereas your texture gets that leathery effect over time if you get too much sun. Now, uh, the, the question then of the other cancers, you mentioned BCCs and you mentioned the, the melanomas. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you see uh, is there a third? Uh, Squamous cell carcinomas yeah. would be now, what the, the is that? So there's just a slight difference between basal cells. Uh, basal cell carcinoma arrive in the basal cells of the skin and squamous cells uh, carcinomas are from the keratinocytes, but they're still in the top layer of the skin. So a person might notice a little pink scaly patch, which can then turn into either a sore or a little wound that just won't heal. Whereas with basal cells, the nodular type, they're like a little pearly kind of shiny spot that won't go away. So basically I always say to my patients, if you have a spot that lasts longer than four weeks, that's your average skin cycle is 21 to 28 days you have a new top layer of skin if the spot is still there and it's not going away then you should go to your GP and get it checked um, but thankfully when you catch both of them early um, the chances of having any other consequences is, is slim Now can you have any of these cancers in places that don't see the sun? Yeah it is possible it's it's not, not obviously as common but melanoma can unfortunately occur in you know in between your toes on the crease of the buttock in the genital skin uh, even at the very back of your ear places that you know are relatively Under covered your hair under, yeah, exactly in the scalp. And then you might not notice it, unfortunately, until it's a little bit too late because you haven't seen it, particularly as if they're flat to begin with. Now, what is the treatment for the melanoma? Because uh, I, I know of someone who recently died from secondaries. Yeah. They suspect mm-hmm. um, melanoma was the heart of it. They never found the primary. Yeah, it's not like common to not find the primary but again not unusual so obviously as a dermatologist if somebody presents with secondaries we would ask to do a full skin check and we don't always find the primary also ENT might be looking in the back of their throat ophthalmology in the back of their eye but you don't always find it um, but 
really it is for most people it's a mole that's changing but another thing that's important is some people think if I just put factor 50 on my moles or I just stick a plaster on my moles then I'll never get melanoma unfortunately about 70% of your melanoma arises in your normal skin where you have absolutely no mole and you wake up one day and suddenly you have this changing lesion so not to just protect your moles you have to protect everywhere now some people are born with um, freckles and they are you know, virtually all over their face and maybe other parts of their body. Other people seem to develop freckles during the summer yep. and then they fade away. Yep. What's happening in that process? So I suppose you're not exactly born with freckles. Uh, you're born with relatively clear skin apart from congenital moles. So they're the moles that develop either at no, birth. No, I'm thinking of red-haired people who often have a, a, yeah, a lot of freckling. Still not born with freckles. though. They still have perfectly clear skin because freckles are just induced by sun exposure. But okay. you, you're really not supposed to put sunscreen on babies less than six months. So obviously, if they're very young and they're being exposed, if they're born in the summer months and yeah. they weren't being adequately protected with just, you know, the buggy and the covering and things like that, they can start to freckle. Um, but freckles are really just from sun exposure. But yes, you can be born with moles and you obviously develop more moles. Usually into your late 30s, you can still develop new moles. So it's not unusual to develop a new mole in your 30s. OK. And, and what about those uh, summer freckles? You know, the, yeah. and often the, the pictures of, of young children or whatever at the beach are very charming with the little with freckle the little freckles. And, and it's, it's kind of a typically Irish view. Yeah, so it doesn't happen as much in darker skin type, but certainly in skin type one and skin type two, you tend not to make a uniform tan, so to speak, because you just don't have that level of pigment. But you tend to to freckle in the areas that gets most sun exposure. So across your cheeks and across your nose, commonly. Um, some of the questions coming in. Could you ask Nikki what I could do for my scalp? I have a severe red scalp and I've lost volume in my hair. After allergy tests, I was di- diagnosed with an allergy to PPD, yeah. not having used this for the last eight months, my scalp is still the same. I can't get to see a dermatologist as they're all booked out for the year. That's from Anne. God, good lover. A PPD is the dye commonly used it for a brown hair dye. Ah. Um, so the problem is when you keep using it over and over again, the reaction gets worse and worse and worse. Um, really, she has to see a dermatologist. It's, it's a difficult one to manage over the radio and we'd have to see her skin. Uh, I'm concerned with the cumulative effect of all the chemicals in fake tan. What does your skin expert make of this? That's from Sharon. Yeah, the rules changed. I think it was 2022. It can hardly keep up with COVID where you have to have less than 10% DHA or dihydroxyacetone, which is the the ingredient in fake tan that makes you go tanned. And it's basically just binding to the amino acids in the dead skin cells and creating that tan. But the rules have changed in that it has to be less than 10%. So anything with above that has been, you know, taken off the market and there hasn't been any studies showing that there's any danger using fake tan regularly in, in percentages less than that. Uh, was referred by a GP for mole scanning, not covered by the VHI, about €300 Euro it cost me. Why is this preventative procedure not covered? Uh, I'm paying €100 Euro a month for my VHI. That's something they'll have to take up with yeah. the VHI, but it isn't. I don't know where they went, but it's not normally €300 Euro to even attend a dermatologist. So. Is it down to kids not going out enough nowadays and exposing themselves like D- we did when we were young? I'm 51. Uh, that melanoma is more common now. This is the idea of uh, acclimatizing your skin to the sunshine and therefore being less susceptible to a melanoma. No, that's I think not it, true. No, it's I mean, we have a lot of things uh, that can lead to melanoma. Obviously, if you have an increased number of moles, but a lot of us are of the generation in the 80s and 90s where the sunbeds were in your house. The sunbed was in your friend's house and you just went over like you would for a cup of coffee. You'd, you'd jump on the sunbed for five minutes. We're also of the generation that we got to go for a two weeks on holiday to Spain every year. So it's that cumulative yeah. effect, really. Um, Can you ask, I always tan very quickly. Am I at risk of skin cancer? That's David from Galway. 
Yeah, absolutely. Everyone is. I mean, and that's great. No, but, uh, you know, the sallow skin people, are they less likely, though? Because, say, in the case of Kathy, my wife, um, if yeah. she goes out for 10 minutes in the sunshine to do a bit of gardening and then she takes off her watch, it's white underneath yeah. her watch and it's brown, not red. It's yeah. brown everywhere else. So she just has a darker skin type. So she's possibly skin type three, but it doesn't mean you can uh, avoid skin cancer. And the other thing is then we tend to become a bit blasé about it and then uh, abuse it a little bit too much then. Uh, another one. Back in the day uh, when in the 70s and 80s while living in Nigeria where my dad was working, we used to lie on Tarqua Beach covered in Johnson's baby oil. Yeah, lots of people did that. Uh, tinfoil was used, the roofs that used to be lined with the silver lining. Um, I've even had a patient who put tinfoil inside the collar when they used to go sailing so it would reflect up onto the face. Uh, lots of people used oil. Yeah, that's definitely in the, in the, in the 80s. Mm. Uh, this one, I had basal cell carcinoma on my nose, told my doctor I never go out in the sun, said, he said, or she said, uh, I could have got it when I was five years old on the beach. I now wear a hat and put on Factor 50 and I never go out between 12 and 6. That's uh, from Vernon who gets a full check with the GP every year. Yeah, so it's really the damage was done as a child. It's not that the basal cell would have developed at five, but the sun damage would have started as a child. Fascinating stuff. Um, Nikki, thank you very much for coming in. That's Professor Nikki Ralph, consultant dermatologist at the Institute of Dermatologists. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.